Okay, we begin today's show. By the way, this is uh, Horse Trailer Talk, our first podcast with Ken Sunley. Some of you may know him as Mr. Truck. We've known each other for, what, 20 years at least? Maybe yep. less? I don't yep, know. Yeah, 20 years. I think back to 1999. That's right. 99 when we launched uh, Horse Trailer World. A uh, couple decades. I haven't met anybody with more knowledge about trucks, honestly, than uh, Kent. In tonight's show, we're going to talk to Kent. He's out in Colorado. I'm here in Oklahoma City, Edmond, actually. And I'm curious about the electric truck. And in the second half of the show, uh, we'd like to talk a little bit about where all the trucks are and why we can't buy any. And is it all about chips? Is it a conspiracy? We'll see what Mr. Truck has to say. But tell me about electric trucks. Can I pull a trailer with them? No. <laughs> <laughs> that's the short version. Okay. Number two. Yes. That's, <laughs> well, you know, it's crazy. I mean, you know, I think they got ahead of themselves because the hybrids make sense to me. And, you know, trains have been hybrids for 60 years. That's a diesel generator running electric motors. And an electric motor puts out 100% torque, so of course they're very powerful. Yeah. I mean, and that, that makes sense. And see, that way you don't run out of fuel. I mean, that's the problem with the electrics. I mean, I know Ford's gotten crazy with the lightning, and, you know, they got, but their hybrids will charge your house. I've done that. Yeah. And the, the hybrids, uh, because you got regenerative braking, whenever you brake, it actually charges your battery. And all the other little gadgets they got going on there. I mean, I, I've had cars that were hybrids that got, 45 miles a gallon all the time and the truck believe it or not the ford f-150 and a hybrid will get you 24 miles a gallon on the highway and in the city that's a big deal in the city so in the city they do great but then you hook a hybrid up to a trailer that is just like a gas engine does it drops in half what you can tow it so you know if and fuel mileage so the fuel mileage drops in half on about everything it seems like you know your diesel's not quite as much but gas engines if you were getting 20 you pull the trader you're getting 10. so that's the problem with electric but see the gas engine you can get gas every 100 miles in wyoming every 10 miles in colorado so you know that you don't run out of fuel and that's where the hybrid really makes sense and then you know the lightning they talk about how well, yeah you can go charge your house like the hybrid you can charge it once and then who charges your lightning it's all out of juice so it doesn't make any sense to me at all. I work with CFL trucks uh, quite a bit, and they've done all these tests with Teslas, with Lightnings. I mean, they just went to the north part of Alaska, and, you know, every 100 miles, uh, they're, they're, they're not even for the trailer. But they couldn't get really far. When it's cold out there, your battery life is not as good. I've got right. lithium batteries on my trailers, and, you know, below 20 degrees, they don't charge. They have a lot of capacity, so you can go a long time, but they don't charge the lithium at cold temperatures and so that's that's the problem and and what i've seen them do with the tesla they had to pull the little teardrop trailer every 100 miles you stop and charge up for 45 minutes so you might get 300 miles in a day if you start real early but so the pure electric they're great for in city that's where they belong is a you know a commuter car because if you get the charging unit on your house it costs half as much as buying electricity on the road i mean there's charging ports tesla put charging parts on most all the interstates. Well, that's good, but then you pull the trailer, you, you actually block up three charging ports. You got trailer binds because they're not made for trailers. So, so many problems with the EV side. Someday they'll have it. 
And, you know, I mean, what, what, what good is something that goes 100 miles? I mean, you think about now they're making semis supposedly going to do that. Well, you got a 53-foot semi, weighs 80,000 pounds, and that 53 foot of trailers has to be half battery for you to make it over the hill. It's insane. So there's nowhere, they're nowhere near ready to tow trailers. But the hybrids are. The hybrids you can do, you know, you just got a little more expensive. And that's another problem. These darn electric trucks cost a fortune. If you didn't do like a two-ton, three-ton, you know, like a commercial truck, say a class five, it costs three times more to go electric. Uh, of course, the government gives you all these incentives. Otherwise, nobody would buy anything if <laughs> you didn't yeah, get, I, I get some help that. from the government. Yeah, I get that. But that's that, that's that, that range is the problem, and they're all trying that. I mean, I think Ford will go 350 miles, and they got a high output range. Might get close to 400. I think uh, the EV from Chevrolet, the Silverado, uh, it's it's supposed to have a 400 mile range. But you know, and they're talking about pulling, you know. 20,000-pound traders, which is insane. Lightning supposed to go 10,000 pounds, which is insane. It sure won't do it uphill. So you got to do is you got to find a mountain, and you got to get to the top somehow, and then you can go all the way down. Regenerative braking and all that other stuff will help you get somewhere, but then you can't get back up over the hill. It's just, it's, it's just makes it, they, they went about 20 years earlier than they should have, but they're working on it. I know, like, uh, it's a battery, you know, it's a battery issue, or is it a torque issue? Yeah, which is right. It's a range issue. So you just run out of range. You run out of battery, and they're all trying something different there. I mean, on the can uh, you carry a generator in the back of your truck and just? Uh, is there enough? Well, then you've got a hybrid. You've got a hybrid. Why do you get the EV when you can buy a hybrid cheaper? <laughs> That's what a hybrid is. It has an engine, so you're always running. You're always getting the next gas station, but. You know, it's just insane, and the prices on those, like the the Hummer, the new GMC Hummer, it's over a hundred thousand. The Rivian, I think they got those over a hundred thousand. The Lightning, you can get up to ninety thousand. I mean, you're getting these things in crazy, crazy numbers, and they got great torque and horsepower. I mean, yeah, you can go drag race these things; they're very fast. But so are hybrids. Hybrids are faster than a normal engine too. So that, and, and like Ford, for example, they've got a system where every and they've sold all their Lightnings for this year. That that they haven't even built yet so everybody wants one for some reason but uh what they do is they keep track of every lightning sold and what kind of trailer they're pulling how much it weighs what the shape of it is and so then they beam down from star trek you know scotty looks at it and they they can tell you what your range is going to be to that next place you can get some juice so they can calculate all that well that's great but that might get you 10 miles if you're lucky but nothing's outstanding and two because Ford announces more things. That's why I know more about what they're doing. They also are trying to buy up all the lithium in the world. You know, most of it now comes from Australia. Then it goes to China. Then they process it and send it everywhere else. Well, that's part of these new packages we're trying to do now is we're trying to make chips here and call it the United States. You know, we're trying to make uh, the lithium batteries or the nickel batteries. If he forges the lithium ion, unless you go extended batteries, then it's nickel. And the Toyota, Tundra, it's nickel on their hybrids. But so they're all trying different things. And, you know, they've always a fire issue. I mean, this stuff happens. You take a, get a, a double A lithium battery, take a hacksaw, cut it in half, it'll light on fire. So it's not the safest stuff in the world. Oh, wow. And solid state's coming. I think solid state's going to be the next thing. Like I've gone to mostly solid state external uh, um, hard drives. I used to use a, one that was like a radio player and with a needle. Yeah. And those things have fans, and they don't last forever. But solid state, there's no moving parts. So I'm adopting over to that. And they're working on solid state batteries. So they're in the future, maybe 10 years from now, we'll have more range and 
who knows? They keep working on that. But what Ford's doing now is they're buying up all these mineral companies. You know, they have the nickel and all the stuff that lithium ions made out of like three rare minerals. And they're trying to contract stuff for the next 50 years so they'll have a battery supply. And, you know, they're contracting with Australia, they're contracting with Venezuela, with all those places in South America. That we, got a, we got a uh, brand new battery factory being built as we speak in DeSoto, Kansas. Well, good. good. That's the old uh, sunflower ammunition uh, plant that was closed down. Well, that's it was awesome. A toxic site and everything else. They've cleaned it up, and I don't know. <clears throat> it's not just for so Tesla, means- but it'll be for anybody who wants to buy batteries. That's what it's going to be built for. Well, that's good, but there's there's a few mines in California for these lithium ions, but there's not nearly enough to really do something. So even if we get a processing place here, we'll still have to ship the minerals in from Australia or South America yeah. to make all that happen. And so that's part of the problem. But they're working on all that. And, you know, I, I mean, so no future for electric. electric. No future for well, electric trucks. for a while. We're, we're talking, don't think about it for 10 years. Just buy a hybrid because that makes sense. I'm waiting for a diesel hybrid. I think that'll be a kick-ass truck. Mm-hmm. You'll have the power. You'll have the extra torque. And that makes sense to me. I'm, I'm waiting for them to do that. Of course, that's the problem, too. Uh, you know, you get these semis they're talking about. They're going to cost you a million dollars. Even, the, you know, like I'm talking about the Hummer, the Rivian, the Lightning. You know, you're 100000 but then, you know, when you start getting to like a diesel hybrid, you're going to be over a hundred thousand. I'm just, What's I'd be happy for, is, I'd be happy for a three quarter ton or a one ton diesel right now that costs less than ninety thousand dollars. <laughs> that well, doesn't, that doesn't have that too. That doesn't have cloth seats and and uh, and an XLT package. Uh, gosh, find me a platinum one ton. It's just or a King Ranch. Well, you can buy used ones for about 40000 more than uh, they used to sell for. That's all insane. We were looking at some the other day. My RFD TV producer was wanting to buy one, and we found one, and it was so far over. It was a used one. It was a year old, and it was way over thicker what the new ones are. But the new ones are way over thicker. That's a whole other story. There's yeah. a lot of insanity going right now. You know, it's not a good time to buy a truck. It's not. Just Thank you. That's the, not, that's the T-shirt. Do it. That's the takeaway for the whole show. Not a good time to buy a truck. So what do you do if you need a truck? Uh, I don't know. You tell me. Well, you know. <laughs> Keep yours running, huh? You can do. <laughs> well, that's true. And, you know, there, that's another thing about this electric thing. There is a couple of companies out there now. They'll take your old 57 Chevy Apache and make it all electric. Ford's done that with some old Fords. Send you the whole package for sixty thousand. You electrify an old truck, and there you go. Oh Charge it up gosh. at home, and you, you can make it to the neighbor's house. But so what you're talking about? Well, you know, I buy project trucks all the time. I shouldn't do that, but I pick them up and do videos on them. Like you know, I, what I usually do is I buy old Dodges. Not that it's a special thing with them, but they all have bad transmission. Until now, they got the ISIN and they're doing these other things. But you get something from the '90s, if you have to, the '80s. And they've all got bad transmissions. I'm buying those things for 500 bucks. I mean, then you just get a good mechanic who can rebuild that transmission. If you got a Cummins, if you got any of that, you can make do. You may not have the nicest interior. You may have some cuts in the seats and all that. But if, if you're desperate for a truck, there's there's all that options. But what's going to happen is all these vehicles are going to turn into leases like we used to have. And I hate to do that, but they're going to have you trading trucks for whatever every two years. So you can have a dependable truck, and you may pay a thousand bucks a month for the lease. But when you start getting over a hundred thousand, it's it's 
it's like everything. You 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 really can't afford a, an APR payment on something like that. No, but, no. Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's more it's, than it's your home. But you, I know, and that's that's where it's going. They always say that. Well, I pay, I paid that for my house. Well, yeah, but you also paid try to buy a house now. You're not going to pay that thirty thousand, forty thousand for. It. Everything's gone up. I mean, that's the new reality. That it's always you're always working on that, trying to accept the fact that everything goes up in price. That's the kind of economy you have. But is inflation or not? There's always a little bit of price increase. Almost okay, every year so every- good points. With that in mind, so this is my third alternative, and I guess the third part of the show is, uh, I just want to back up truck, or I'm looking for more options. So I'm looking at the 150s, thinking, gosh, if I just got a two horse gooseneck or a bumper pull for two horses, why can't I get by with a 150 with the uh, 3.5 twin turbo? Uh, EcoBoost. I thought you had. Then don't you have an eight-horse trailer now? No, no, I sold that. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. If you got a two-horse, you can buy with anything. Anything will pull a two-horse. I mean, yeah, yeah. And you know, and I've got an EcoBoost. And it's well, you wouldn't want to pull it really, with a. You wouldn't want to pull it with a smaller two point seven. Don't you need that well, three no, five? No, that's a. That's got the most power. Yeah, that's what I the three five and twin turbo. Yeah. And yeah, you know that's the future. It, it's. Like Ram, Ram now has come out with a straight six gas engine with twin turbos. And they've got it in that new big, big giant SUV, but they really haven't released it yet. So okay. Not much about it, other than twin turbos. But see, mine's been around a long time, and mine's in eighteen. That's when they went to dual injection. You got port injection, and you've got direct injection. Direct injection is kind of hard on your engine because you don't oil your valves as well with the fuel. Actually, gas lubricates your valves. And that's how those first came out. They would overfuel themselves to cool themselves off. But in 18, they went dual. So you got port like, you know, General Motors did for years. And that way it goes through the intake. So you, don't, you can lubricate your valve. So it's got both injections. That solves a lot of their problems. But the problem with mine, as much as I love my truck, and mine, uh, that's another issue, trying kind to of find out what they're rated to tow. Because I, I've got a lot of friends at Ford. I just call them up and say, hey, this is my VIN number. How much can I tow? And they come back to Yiggy Hall, 12,800. If I would have had a, a five, a six and a half foot bed, but I wait too long at the end of the year and only have five and a half, I couldn't get the six and a half. Six and a half was 13200 But Ford, you know, you've got to really know somebody or spend a week on the internet to figure out what they actually are rated to tow. GM puts the sticker right in your door of that truck. It's wonderful. Dodge, you put your VIN number in your website, tells you everything. Ford don't want you to know, which is weird. But I towed 12,800 in the mountains with that truck. I towed a lot of trailers with it. I tow every week with it. The problem I'm having now, which it's happened again, is every year, I've had it three and a half years, every year they have to do a cam phaser. That was a problem back with the 5.4 and these things happen. And there's a lot of overhead cam engines that have that problem. But I'm on my frickin' third one. The Ford's got some explaining to do. And I've been on the phone with them a lot. We're going to figure this out. Now, wait, 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 wait. It's called a cam what? A cam phaser? It's a cam phaser, yeah. Some electronic doohickey up in your top of your, you know, they got these now red cams that the cams yeah. slide yeah. from a hollow. They do miracle stuff. And that's, that's in but the twin mine, turbo 3.5 yeah. in a half-ton right. truck. Right, And you've got how many miles on your truck and you're putting in your third cam phaser? Oh, I think it's like 68,000. I'm on my extended warranty. I hate How much does a cam but- phaser procedure cost or a replacement? Well, mine's always been free, and now it's going to be on my extended warranty. Before, it always takes my months to do it. My, my, my issue, too, is I need a truck, and I've got three project trucks that are in the shop, so I, I, I 
trying to get them. To, they always gave me a truck before, but this year, the loaner trucks are gone away. Nobody has Can them. you go in and but get anyway. a new cam phaser in one day, or do you have to wait two months for it to come off the ship? They will tell you five days, but they're full of baloney. Both my last two took 30 days, and that's okay. the problem, too. There's no parts out there. The shops are empty. The shops are full, so you have to wait. I, just to get diagnostics on it, you have to take it in for seven days, and that's just for them to plug in oh. the OBD2 port. And then you wait another three weeks from to actually fix it. And oh, it's yeah, it's a nightmare. But see, that's that's actually those kind of problems happen. There's problems with every make and model out there. See, too, the new Toyota Tundra is the same size. It is no longer a big V8. It is now a 3.5 twin turbo, and it's a little different. It's got you know two air filters. It's got two intercoolers. It's got two of everything. And it's got a lot of power, and then they make a hybrid, which is basically only gives you power. It doesn't charge up any houses. It doesn't really do anything magical. But they that so that's the kind of direction they're all going. They're all kind of going back like we did in the 70s and late 80s when we had all these little four bangers with turbos on them. They didn't wear intercooled, so they didn't last long. Now at least they got that all figured out. But that was in the 70s and 80s, and uh, everybody went from V8s to little four bangers or V6s. And so... People are going to V6s now. I see, too, I really wanted a V8. I, I really like... But don't they... Ford still truck. makes a V8, though. Well, yeah, that's, I mean, that's the story I'm telling you now. Good. The 5.0, which is a, uh, yep. the, uh, the the 3.02... Used to be, a, used to be a good engine for a... Yeah, a Mustang. I used to be... A, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a in the new rod. Raptor. The new R, the, the R Raptor coming out has that engine out of the GT500 Mustang. But anyway... Okay, that was my choice, the 5-liter, 302, yep. Yep. or this 3.5. And I looked at all the numbers and fuel mileage, fuel capacity, uh, trader capacity. Everything was so much better on the 3.5 that I had to buy it, even much as I love that rumble of the V8. So anyway, that's where I am. And now <laughs> every year I get to lose a truck for it. I got to start getting more trucks so out now here. wait a minute so you made your decision based on your careful comparison between the v8 and the new ecoboost 6 3.5 would you go back and get the v8 and why well now if i knew i was going to have lose it every year for a month yeah i probably would but i would lose some of my capacity and i might lose fuel mileage on paper these, why these, did these, you these. on paper why did you turn away from the v8 well i get these you know i'm a journalist so i get a new truck every week now, I'm, I don't have one right now, but I usually have one every week. And I've driven them all with traders, the, 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 the five liter, the, all these, you know, all the Rams, all the, the Chevys, all their little big engines, or okay. all the diesels. But the and V8 pulled a trailer bad. just fine. It could compete with the twin turbo just fine. Well, no, it's about 1,000 pounds less towing capacity. Oh. It gets three miles to the gallon less. So economically, it's oh. not there. Otherwise, I would have bought it. Okay. See, it's enough difference where you, but you know. Okay, all right, that I makes a sense. Buy an engine because I, yeah, I don't, I don't buy an engine just because I like the V8 Rumble. I may have to someday. But yes, anyway, yes. I've got three V8 project trucks now, so I've got plenty to listen to. But that's okay. Yeah, I understand. That's, that's part got, of that problem. <laughs> I've got an LS1 and a '68 Camaro, so I just. <laughs> well, man, put a hitch on that sucker. It's a rear wheel drive. Put a <laughs> put a swing package. With it. Yeah, there's your. Actually, it's a partnership with my son. That's another story, but it's it's sitting there. Uh, we just got to go have well, don't fun. Don't tell him you're going to put a hitch on it. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, that's that's the thing. See, I've held 12,800 as mine. Uh, now, yep. but yeah, if you get a Ford thin combination and a two-wheel drive, you can go to 14,000 pounds. 
So it's all gone crazy. The world's gone crazy. It has. You should not be pulling 14,000 pounds with a half ton. You shouldn't do it. Well, and, then, and that brings up the other question. Okay, engines, yeah, engines equal, uh, I'm pulling with a half ton. Am I losing something substantial when I'm dropping a gooseneck on the back of that half ton? Between that well, and, a, and a three-quarter or a one-ton, is there one leaf spring yeah. difference, or is there other things that they're doing to oh, that? Oh, there's, there's a whole bunch of stuff different. Okay. See, that's what people don't understand, too. If it's diesel, yeah, it's $10,000 more. If you want a three-quarter ton or a one-ton diesel, that's where the big bucks come in. It's because of the, their transmission and their diesel. But if you get uh, – you can even get a three-quarter ton with gas engine. Ford has the 6.4, the 6.7. GM has, uh, they have the six liter and they, and then Ram has a 6.4, but you can tell with all, all those and a three quarter ton, but three quarter ton, if you go to a gas model, won't cost you hardly any difference at all between that and a half ton. But the difference is that three quarter ton, a full three quarter ton, not what they, every 10 years they come out with a fake three quarter ton and try to screw everybody over with all these light duty 2500. And, you know, I can tell you all about that story. But if you get a three-quarter ton, you get a full floating axle like a semi has. That's four bearings in the back, not two. And not and see, the half tons, they have that axle like a Model A had, Model T. It's right on the axle shaft. Full floating axle, the bearings are outside the, the whole differential housing. So they're outside, and the axle's in the middle. And that's what I call it full floating is it goes out and it bolts onto a hub. So you got twice as many bearings. They're twice as big. That's what semis have. That's what all your heavy-duty three-quarter tons have. So you got that because a half ton's got one little tiny bearing right on the actual shaft, which means that could be the first thing to go. I haven't had that happen, but it could. I worry about it. Yeah. And then the frames are lighter. The springs are lighter. The steering's different. You know, all your half tons have rack and pinion like what Jaguar came out with, and they're not made for really heavy weight, where all the heavy-duties have a – I'm losing my terms here. It is a recirculating ball. It's got a drop link, a drag link, and all that stuff. So all that stuff is made different on a heavy duty, but doesn't cost you more, but does cost you gas. You get a normal, say, an F-250 or a 2500. It's weight. Gas engine. It's weight. Yeah, you're going to be getting 16 on the highway if you're really lucky. You pull a trade with those, you're going to get like 10 like you do with the half tons. So I took all that into account. And I still bought the half ton because, you know, it was an economical thing. But I worry about it. And I had right. three-quarter tons, the two trucks before that. But the fuel mileage, I mean, it's so much more economical to have that. But that's – so I have nothing against a heavy duty with the gas. Just it's going to cost you gas. So if you're a right. – uh, so if you're a pro rodeo person and you're chasing uh, the NFR or if you uh, take the calves to the county fair and to the sale barn afterwards – that probably drives your decision as much as anything. I got one yeah. last question for you. Hold on, because we could go on for hours. And this is the one that everybody calls me and asks me about, and I really don't know the answer. I, I used to, but I'm not sure anymore. Mr. Truck, Duramax or Power Stroke? What's wrong with Cummins? Or Cummins. <laughs> Cummins, I get asked more about them than anything. They're, well, they're you know, when I place. phrased that, I actually phrased that, uh, and I left Cummins out because that's always been my favorite and, and far above either one of those other two. Uh, well, so I assume the Cummins is everybody's first choice. That red top in the sports chassis I used to own, I, I, I love that engine. Yeah, uh, yeah. But if you can't get a Cummins because it's in a Dodge, 
And a lot of people in the rodeo business don't, didn't drive Dodges, even though they spent tons of money in pro rodeo with their sponsorships. Uh, it just seemed like they were lacking in that transmission. It would help hold up. So well, it was. Well, Ford, the Ford has that's Yeah, that's got my Toyota uh, has the Ison. That's what's in the Ram. See, that proves the Ram doesn't know what they're doing because if you get into the gas engines on the heavy duty side or in half ton, they use the German. Uh, transmission. So they got the Germans and they got the Japanese making their transmission. They make a few of the other ones, but the rest of them were made by those two other countries. So, yeah, and, and Ram does a good job of promoting rodeo. Ford does a good job of promoting quarter horses. You know, they give away a truck every year in sure. Oklahoma City. Yeah. And so, and GM hasn't quite caught on to that part of it. But, yeah, Ram does a really good to promoting agriculture and farms and ranches. But, I see, I've got all the history knowing how bad the transmission is. And I got a whole bunch of things that were really bad about Dodge in the, in the 70s and 80s. But regardless, the newer ones have great improvements, and I, I like them. And you get an Ison and the Cummins, they can last you forever. But uh, the brake controller, throw it away and get a new one. Just plug in, they just plug and play. You can get a better brake controller. So they have stuck. I have a long story to tell you about that. And I've talked to all of them. I've talked to him and, and the people that make it. But anyway, uh, between... The Ford Power Stroke and the, the, I would say between that and the Duramax, the Duramax was a great engine. They had originally, they had the real Allison. Now I'm not even sure what it is. It's called labeled as an Allison. And I know a company in Oklahoma that rebuilds Allisons and puts them on everything known to man, every right. vehicle. And they do a great job. But the Allison that's in the GM now, I've met my mechanic told me it's the same one that Ford uses. And I'll see how this is possible. But anyway, I, I don't know that I really trust the new Allison. The Duramax, you know, I, at the beginning, that aluminum head thing and all that stuff, so much different. I was against it. And then second year, they had a lot of problems. They had better engines. First year, had problems. It seemed like every four or five years, the Duramax has problems. I mean, my heart of DTV producer bought one, and he just, oh, he just, he just was in tears every time he talked to me because of the death problems, DEF, and all those things he went through. So I'd probably go with the Power Stroke. And right now, Power Stroke, as much as I love air ride in the Ram, Power Stroke is the easiest riding of the heavy duty. Mm. And it actually is one of the best loaded. It's the best fuel mileage of any of the diesels. Is there a Power Stroke that I should not buy? I mean, I it, it seemed like they went through a phase after that old 7.3 to where they had a not as good engine. In 2011, they started making their own. Tell us about that. Well, they, yeah, they went to a 6.4 twin turbo, and it was the worst fuel mileage diesel ever made. And that had problems. And then they went to that six liter, which I wrote pages and pages of magazines about that engine. Actually, it wasn't a bad engine, but it had little problems. Ford was just recovering from paying off all those, those explorers, those exploders that had tire problems from Firestone. And they were getting low on money. And so when the six liter came out, and it had some great, it's a heavy duty engine. It's actually more heavy duty. You know, I went through all kinds of, uh, of uh, coolers on that, where they call it the cooler that cools off the gases before it goes out. There's a name for that. I went through a bunch of those. and But the engine itself was good. And that was made with International, and that, that had some problems, and they all quit their partnerships. But that one, I mean, I, I bought one that was a buyback because I got it cheap, and I think I was in every Ford store in the United States whenever I was driving somewhere fix one more thing on that's bowels that's everything what year was and that that was a problem oh gosh now you're gonna hurt me let's see i'm thinking i think it was 2000 oh, let's see 
I got these right, because I might have them out of order, but the sixth leader might have been first, because everybody loved the 7-3. It was, because they had it in, in excursion. So it would have been right after. 7-3 went up to, I think, uh, 2002. Or 2002. Just, yep, 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 2000, that's right. And just a little bit of 2003. And then, uh, you know, everybody had a problem with those, and that really hurt Ford. And see, Ford, you'd see Ford at every horse show you went to. When that leader, then you didn't see Ford at, Ford at these horse shows. But uh, that hurt him. But the new 6-7, which came out, gosh, I think it was 14, that's been, but it just keeps getting better and better. And they keep cranking it up. Now the new Duramax are going to crank it up in power because they came out. They were at like 26,000 pounds on a one-ton dually forever, absolutely forever. And then they uh, they go to they jump to 30,000 pounds in one year. And they didn't change anything. They didn't change the transmission. They didn't change the engine. I kept thinking, wait a minute, don't you need something else? They go, no, we, we changed actual ratios a little bit. Then we put a little bigger brakes. Maybe they did or maybe they didn't. And it, and it worked. It actually towed really well. well now they're finally going to crank up the power on it. But, see, I, I don't believe in magic spring dust. That's where companies, they want to compete with the next guy. So they will all of a sudden magically raise their payload, raise their towing capacity without doing anything. Well, that should be illegal. And I, I catch them every time they do it. I said, don't do this magic spring desk. You actually do something. Add a lease. Do something. But that's, you know, it, it's, just, it's just hard to even follow these guys anymore, small crap they do. But that's how that is. And, uh, you know, so the new Duramax might be worth waiting for. But right now I would go with the power stroke if I was going to give advice. Okay. But uh, Good advice know. for the uh, customers. I'm going to take in more questions uh, after we air this uh, podcast episode. Would you come back and talk some more? Well, sure, Dave. How much money do you have? <laughs> I <laughs> no, have that's a good idea. This is, I have no <laughs> money. This is good. I mean, yeah, yeah, all of your people that remember me from Horse Trader World, but I was one of the moderators on the uh, absolutely what is it called? Trailer, trailer Trailer Talk. Horse Trailer Talk. Yeah. talk. I did that for a few years, and I just got too busy. But that was a lot of fun talking with folks. And I used to see them. I used to go to all the horse expos around the country and pull a couple of trailers and show all the new technology and I used to always run into people from your website, and you've done really well. You just keep growing and growing and growing, and yeah, yeah, we started the same year. It's awesome, but sure, sure, I'll come back. Good. We'll do that. It's uh, Ken Sunling, as you know, uh, him as Mr. Truck out of Denver, and he's been, like I said, driving uh, different trucks for different people and reporting on them. And I think about every truck magazine and, and automotive magazine has picked up his articles. Uh, the guy to talk to, if you want to know more about trucks, he'd be the first to ask. Appreciate it. Well, you know, get my plug in here. I review trucks, traders, and accessories, so I test accessories every week too. And I go to horse trader factories like I was. I'm, you know, send you whatever I go to a horse trader facts. But come buy accessories from Mister Truck. Just go to MrTruck.com. And look up Gen Y Hitch, look up all kinds of things. And everything I sell there, I use in my reviews. So I, I put a lot of miles on all that stuff. So feel free to come by. My, my YouTube channel is MrTruck.tv. That's Mr. Truck. MrTruck.com. <laughs> Go there now and find out all the things that he's got to say. Thanks again. Kent, it's been great. I appreciate well, it. Well, cool, Dave. <laughs> yeah. 
You've been listening to Horse Trailer Talk. Uh, I'm Dave Mattern, and my guest tonight was uh, Mr. Truck himself, Ken Sunley. Thanks, and stay tuned for our next episode.